0: So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you have come to the right place. Welcome. This is going to cover Revelation chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 1. This is the second vision that uh, John is seeing. Uh, He says, And I I saw in the right hand, again remember that that the right hand is a covenant-making hand, of him that sits on the throne, in other words, God, a book. Uh, The book contains what? The book contains the revealed will. And this is in the Doctrine and Covenants 77. The book reveals, the book contains the revealed will, mysteries, and the works of God, the hidden things of his economy concerning this earth during the 7,000 years of its continuance or its temporal existence. In other words, the earth is going to live to be 7,000 years old since the fall of Adam. And uh, he sees this book which contains the history of the book of, of, the, thousand, of the 7,000 years of this earth. So let's dig further. Orson F. Whitney said, "...the book which John saw represented the real history of the world, what the eye of God has seen, what the recording angel has written, and the 7,000 years corresponding to the seven seals of the apocalyptic volume, are as seven great days during which Mother Earth will fulfill her mortal mission, laboring six days and resting upon the seventh, her period of sanctification." These seven days do not include the period of our planet's creation in preparation as a dwelling place for man. They are limited to Earth's temporal existence, that is, to time, considered as distinct from eternity. Continuing verse 1, written within and on the backside, in other words, this is a scroll that's written on both sides of it, sealed with seven seals. Now the seals are significant. The seal makes the document legal. God's sealed book was opened in a legal and official manner. The king, who sat on his throne in the heavenly temple, delivered the sealed book in his right hand. To his chief administrator, the hosts and hosts of beings stood as witnesses. And that was from understanding the book of Revelation. So, in heaven here, he sees this, where the book is written um, of the history, and we'll we'll dig deeper into that here. Verse 2, And I saw a strong angel... And heard him proclaiming with a loud voice, so that all the millions witnessing the event can hear him. Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof, or to loose the seals thereof? In other words, who is worthy or qualified or capable or fitted or suited to the task? Worthy doesn't just mean to be morally worthy, but it also means who is able to do it, who is capable, who is suited. And so that's the question that the angel is asking here. Verse 3, And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. Um, So we we couldn't even look on it. Uh, Verse 4, And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Everyone in heaven knew they would not be worthy enough would not be perfect to open the book. Only the Savior could do it with authority. Remember that none of us knew, or all of us knew that coming down to earth we'd make mistakes. That we would not be perfect and worthy to be able to come down here to redeem ourselves. And so we couldn't, we were not qualified to open the book. Verse five, and one of the elders saith unto me, weep not, behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. Remember I mentioned before about uh, the the symbols on the, the, that John was seeing, one of them being the lion, and that's represented by the tribe of Judah. Continuing verse five, the root of David hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. So so Jesus is able to open the book to allow mortality to occur and for us to be able to come down to earth. Now, what is the book? What what's in the book? What does the book contain? We'll talk about that in a minute. Verse 6, and I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. So um, again, God and Jesus are in the middle of all of this. Um, Jesus and God are not absentee gods, that they are in the middle of what's going on in mortality and that they are part of our lives. Uh, But the lamb, it says, having 12 horns and 12 eyes, which are the 12 spirits. Servants of God sent forth into all the earth. So that's representations of the twelve apostles. The twelve horns and twelve eyes are figurative. The horns represent power. The eyes may refer to the seership of the apostles. The word apostle means one who is sent. So as it mentions that they were sent forth into all the earth. And that's what the twelve do. Verse 7, And he, meaning Jesus, came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne and when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, in other words, incense, which are the prayers of saints. An apocryphal source adds, I am Raphael, one of the seven holy angels who present the prayers of the saints and who go in and out before the glory of the Holy One. Uh, so prayers that are, that are that raise up into heaven are sent to God for, for him to answer. So uh, the 12 also represents priesthood or God's power, which comes from priesthood. And uh, talking about the lamb that was slain, he's talking about the sacrifice here or that he suffered. Um, the sacrificial lamb that would be Jesus in the meridian of time. Verse 9, and they sung a new song. Now, Doctrine and Covenants eighty four ninety eight to 102 contains the words to another new song, saying... Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for those, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Now remember that to God, everything past, present, and future is one eternal now. And so even though this is prior to the opening of the book, we had confidence that Jesus was going to be successful um, even before uh, the first person was put on the earth. Verse 10, and hast made, made us unto our God kings and priests. Again, temple imagery here and the potential that we each have. The gospel will be preached throughout the earth, and those who accept the gospel will worship in the temples of the Lord that are now being established throughout the earth. Uh, continuing verse 10, and we shall reign on the earth. In other words, the saints will become judges on the earth during the millennium. These are those who receive the fullness of the Melchizedek priesthood. We have a lot of temple work to do. This earth will be the celestial kingdom. Uh, And then from Joseph Smith, he said, You have got to learn how to be a god yourself in order to save yourself, to be priests and kings, as all gods have done, by going from a small degree to another, from exaltation to exaltation, until you are able to sit in glory as with those who sit enthroned. And that's from the King Follett Discourse. Verse 11, And I beheld and heard, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders and the numbers of them was ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands. The expansion of world population being what it is, we can suppose that the billions who live on earth during the millennium, and who grow up without sin unto salvation, shall far exceed in number the total hosts of men who have lived during the preceding six thousand years. Truly in the aggregate there are many who shall be saved. The Lord will save the majority of his children in exaltation. If you think about the numbers of people that have died before they reach the age of accountability, and estimates are that it's about half. That already puts half of the people on this earth into the celestial kingdom as exalted people. So uh, there's going to be a lot more in heaven or in the celestial kingdom than maybe we sometimes give credit for. Verse 12 saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive now i want you to notice the numbers here of these qualities these attributes here he's saying um to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing how many are there there are seven again symbolic of completeness um and that uh that all the power that that the savior gets here is he, he receives everything of the father Verse 13, every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, so that the animals are even praising God, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever. Joseph Smith said, Revelation 5.13 proves that John saw beasts in heaven and heard them speak praise to God. I do not know what language they speak. That was Joseph Smith. Verse 14, and the four beasts said, Amen, and the four and twenty elders fell down and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. Again, lots of symbolism going on here. Helps us to understand it a little bit better. Uh, Hopefully this has been helpful and we'll get into the rest of this uh, next time. I know that these things are true and that as we have the spirit with us, we can decipher and understand better the interpretation of a lot of these things that John is seeing. I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.